Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to week 10 edition of the Baseball Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafing It over there on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show, please. At FI Today with the little underscore over on Twitter as well. And I, I know we say this often and we we encourage it, you know, to like the like the podcast or whatever listening platform you're listening to it on. Leave a comment if you can. Not that I'll be able to find it, but maybe Rob Norton will be able to find it. Uh, also share the share the podcast with anybody because we've got a very important time coming up here for the Bay Bowl. The regular season is coming to an end. Baby Bowl playoffs are about to flourish, and that's when a lot of people get their first taste of the Baby Bowl. And and if you're out there and you're listening to the podcast and and you participate in the Baby Bowl, you like it. You like it a lot. So maybe you were the first the first time you ever played in the Baby Bowl was in the Baby Bowl playoffs. And Rob, that that announcement's coming up soon by you. I think in the next month or so, maybe. Yeah, probably. Um, I'm hoping that they'll. I'm going to try to put it out as soon as. My fantasy league basically allows me to, so uh, I'm I'm checking. I keep checking every week, and hopefully within the next month or so, they'll have uh, the uh, playoff stuff ready to go. And that's Rob Norton at Norton0723 over there on Twitter, always dropping articles. It seems like almost every day now, Rob, you're doing something different on Twitter <laughs> uh, or an article or or a podcast or something. You're just you're all over the place right now. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been I've been keeping busy. I'll say that that's for sure. Um, it feels like I told my wife I'm like I feel like I'm basically always working on something at this point. Uh, whether it's writing an article, doing lineups, answering questions, doing different stuff with Baby Bowl, uh, Discord, all the stuff. It feels like I'm always always doing something. So it's fun though. I, I enjoy it. So um, you know, keeps me busy. And, and something else that you're doing, and we did, I, I, for, I failed to cover it last week. You've also donated. You made the donation from the regular season, uh, I guess, tuition. I call it tuition. I, it's whatever donations is what it was. How people how people paid to participate in the Baby Bowl, Rob. That's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, you made that donation over there to the charities. How, how much all in total that did you donate? So, yeah, we ended up donating a total of $3,440, uh, split it half and half to March of Dimes and Ashley's Embrace. Okay, all right, that's a big total right there, and and each year it keeps getting more and more. Uh, yep. We hope to do the same thing there with the Baby Bowl playoffs coming up here very shortly. Now, Rob, um, this week also you you have a winner for your Baby Bowl contest, and that is Jonathan Chriswell. Did I say that right, Jonathan Chriswell? Chris Well, yep, pretty good. Chris Well, I, I was close. I was close. Chris Well, at Zing, <laughs> at Zing Rush over there on Twitter. Zing. Rob, he is your winner for the Week 9 Baby Bowl uh, contest. Yeah, it was a, definitely um, it was a good lineup this week. Um, it's hard to follow up the the craziness of Week 8, but it was a really, really good lineup this week, and uh, we'll, we'll dive more into it for sure. Jonathan, you put, you put Aaron Rodgers in there as your quarterback. Is that right? I did. Yeah, I thought that was the get right spot for that whole team. Hmm. And it's yeah. not. It's the get wrong <laughs> spot again. So I'm <laughs> completely frustrated with Green Bay. Uh, no weapons. And their defense like doesn't do anything, doesn't get off the field, doesn't, you know, they just as a team, they just don't do anything anymore. And it's just frustrating. I thought that was the spot against Detroit. It was like an all-time worst defense ever, you know. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> didn't, I'm, I'm, didn't work I'm out. sensing I'm sensing you're a Green Bay fan right now, Jonathan. Is that right? No, I, no, no. I'm a uh, Pittsburgh fan. So okay. that's that's another story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yes, yeah, you're absolutely right. We thought that that would be a smash spot for Aaron Rodgers a little bit, and, and the weapons they, they do kind of seem lost there right now. You also put Travis mm-hmm. Etienne in there at running back and Joe Mixon as well, and that was yeah. that was a huge part of your victory right there. <laughs> Joe Mixon gave you 55 baseball points. Rob, I always look at Joe Mixon. It seems like now he's fallen into, if if we're talking about Bob Lung's consistency rankings, he's not a very consistent player. You know, each, it, he has those big, huge games every so often, but from week to week in a redraft league or something, it, it's it's iffy. I don't want to say iffy at best because he's an RB1. He's a bell cow back, but he, he can't put up those huge numbers each week like you'd like to see from somebody. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, like you said, he does have that. Uh, great usage as a bell cow back he's he's actually had like i think um he was like top three in like expected fantasy points uh, among running backs because his usage was so good and it was just inefficiency and not and lack of touchdown scoring i think he had scored three touchdowns heading into this game and then scored five in that game so it was um the regret the positive regression for his uh touchdown scoring hit in a big way yeah, is that a positive regression? That, that seems like an oxymoron. I don't even know what oxymoron means, but that seems like positive regression. Tyreek Hill was also one of your wide receivers there, 27 Bay Bowl points. And he put in Joshua Palmer, I believe, from the, the Los Angeles Chargers. You talk about a team in flux. I I, I got Keenan Allen in the Scott Fishbowl. I stacked him up there with a little bit of uh, Justin Herbert. And and by the way, I got I got Waller in that league as well. So I, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit in that league right now, just a little bit. But... It, the Los Angeles Chargers seem to be one of those teams very similar to Aaron Rodgers' team in Green Bay right now, Jonathan, just where they can't find a good ebb and flow simply because of all the injuries. Yeah, the injuries, and uh, they don't have a burner. They don't have somebody that can just, you know, like the mm-hmm. uh, like the analysts and take the top off the defense. Like, there's no, like, even if they just got, like, a Deshaun Jackson or somebody that just runs nines all the time and, yeah just opens up the field a little bit. I think that would help because Keenan Allen's not going to do that. Even if he was playing Mike Williams kind of doesn't do that. And neither do these other guys. So I kind of got lucky with Palmer because when I've used them in other spots and used them in leagues, it's always three for 26 and nothing. (laughs) And so, (laughs) but I got a little lucky with him because they, you know, Herbert's still good. Um, and, And he can feed Palmer and Everett, but they just need more. So they want to end Eckler too, but, uh, yeah, I'm not real, not real thrilled with the wide receivers on the Chargers. Yeah, I expected a little bit more out of Mike Williams. It does seem like they can kind of stifle uh, Austin Eckler just a little bit over there for the defensive side of things, whatever they're facing Los Angeles. You also put Isaiah Likely in there, great breakout rookie tight end, uh, <laughs> which we don't normally see, so that's a good thing. Caught a touchdown anyway, didn't give you a huge yeah. rainbow boom there. But uh, you put in Raheem Mostart too, and Rob, <laughs> you and I talked about Jeffrey Wilson Jr. last week and how it seems like he was in a good position there for Miami. I still think maybe – if you're in a redraft league or something, or even a dynasty league, Jeffrey Wilson Jr. might be somebody that people would want to trade for. He, he really made an explosion that very first week, and I think that that's going to continue on for him. Most start looks a little bit slow compared to Wilson. Yeah, it's interesting to see, considering Mostert was kind of like the the lead back, um, you know, the whole year. And as soon as they bring in Jeffrey Wilson, Wilson outsnapped him and outtouched him. And outproduced him. 
So um, it's going to be interesting to see how they, I kind of think it's going to be a split, like kind of how they saw it. Uh, I think they want to keep both of those guys fresh. Uh, they're, you know, they're making a playoff run. So I think they want to try to keep both of those guys healthy and fresh. So I do think that uh, most dirt managers that got used to that uh, workhorse roller probably going to be a little bit disappointed uh, down the stretch. Well, Jonathan, you put together a, a good lineup of fantastic. I don't want to say fantastic lineup. It was good lineup. It was good. Don't get me wrong. It was good, but I'm sitting there looking at the names and I'm going, how did he get this week on? How did he win this week? I, I, and, and, but you did a great job navigating all those different injuries. I love how you put Palmer in there on a week where you could utilize him and get the squeeze the most juice out of him. You also put Likely in there as well. Whatever you know, you saw that opportunity with Andrews being down. So, so very good job of navigating those waters, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, I, I I was wondering if I set the record for the worst winning score in baby bowl <laughs> history because that's something I would do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. I I I almost forgot to set my lineup, so I, I was. That's rough it's, week at work. Rough week. It's funny. Work. It's fun. It's funny. Honestly, I I I, I kind of want to intrigues me now because I kind of want to look back and see if uh what was the lowest winning score uh of all time i'll have, have to try to maybe tomorrow or if or uh later if i get some time and look back and see that might be yours jonathan it might be your yeah. claim to fame all right Something rob norton yeah. uh start do it do it uh give us the leaderboard here the top 10 i believe that we're going for right now and don't and do it backwards right like old david backwards. letterman style where you're going 10 to 1 i believe counting down counting down the top 10 overall so at 10 we have at Brit underscore Flynn with 1,071 points. Uh, ninth, we have at Desh wins 1,079. At Corey Easterday is eighth, 1,088. Um, our guy Juan Signs at KBD Cards is seventh at 1107. That's really um, his son, by the way. He's going to say, I think so. I think so. Sixth, we have at Into the Lab Pod with 1109. Fifth, um, Jeff Milner. He's uh, he was formerly, you know, in first. He's he's uh, still hanging in there at fifth at Geek Understore Mill 1129. Okay. Fourth, Jesse Crockett um, or at Jay Crockett 24 1135. Third, I'm I'm sitting in third 1146. In second is Kevin Tompkins at oh. 1160. Uh-huh. And then in first is my wife at eleven seventy four. Still, still, Kevin cannot overtake her yet. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, pretty job, crazy. Julie. Good job, Julie. Keep it up. Keep <laughs> it up. She's the mocha mama, isn't she? Is that what it's called? My, my macho, my, macho macho Oh, I got mocha mama. I, I, my, my oldest daughter, she is little mama. Big mama is is mama mama. And so I was like, mocha mama on my mind. I don't know what that is. All no, right. it's, hey. Yeah, it's under it's under understandable. She she uh she loves uh I don't know if you've ever heard of it matcha green tea. No. Green tea matcha lattes and stuff like that. That's her no. her her thing. So she's all about it. I'm black, I'm black coffee, Jonathan, straight up from a gas station is just absolutely fine with me <laughs> in a styrofoam cup. I don't I don't get any green teas. I'm not a tea guy or anything. Hey, let me ask you guys this. Jonathan, you're a little bit older than I thought you were. You sounded I, – I just – I always think that these are young kids that I'm talking to here. So you probably have a good opinion about this. You too, Rob, because I know you live in a family and people are sick. So I'm a little sick, right? 
And if I'm a little sick, I, I take a little NyQuil, not, not a whole bunch. I don't like taking a big dose of NyQuil because I'm just not that kind of guy anymore. So I just take a little bit of NyQuil, kind of rub, you know, knock off some of the edge of the sickness a little bit and able, it helps me to go to sleep a little bit. Is it okay to just drink the NyQuil straight out of the bottle or do I have to put it in a little cup? I, I don't know. It's a, it, it is a controversial topic around my house, Jonathan. Uh, do, you, do you drink it just straight out of the bottle or do you put it in a separate cup? Uh, I don't use it that often, but if I do, I would put it in the cup just to uh, know that I only have to drink this much of it because it's really awful. So, <laughs> you know, if I just take it out of the bottle, I probably won't get enough because I'm like, oh, this is horrible. But if I put it in the cup, at least I know how much I have to drink. Okay. All right. That's that's. Uh, what about you, Rob? Yeah, I usually put it in the cup. Um, I don't think I've had I've used it myself in a long time. Um, but I'm also like a very like meticulous person, so that's that might be kind of part of part of why. Um, so like, and plus, uh, you know, I give it to my son, so I'm always like paranoid that I can't give too much or whatnot, and so I get I get nervous about that kind of stuff, but. It's so uh, it has nothing to do with the uh, the whole factor drinking out of the bottle because uh, I will admit I will admit that I I drink out of the uh, the lemonade uh, the big the jug of lemonade at, at my house and my wife does not like that. <laughs> well, I wouldn't like that either. I mean, it, the, the <laughs> one thing, and yes, if I'm giving a kid medicine, I'm going to make sure that the that I'm giving the correct dosage, right? I'm going to give the 10 mLs or whatever that is. I would, but for me, I'm just like, okay, how sick am I? I'm going to equate this to my own strength that I need right now is what I'm going to do. <laughs> but but my wife says that you're you know you got germs and you're you're sick already and you're mm. putting your lips all over it. And I'm going, well, if you're drinking it too, you're sick too. So what does it matter? You know, just it's it is what it is. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah, it's a, it's. It, I can see where it's a controversial topic. I can see there's 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 an argument to be made. I feel like on both sides. All right, we got the Minnesota Buffalo game here at week number ten. We're looking for baby bowl booms and baby bowl busts. I haven't had clear uh, notifications here on what Josh Allen is going to do. I don't think he's practiced all week, Jonathan. I, I I'm not sure if you're in tune with that situation going on there. I, what is your inclination? Your gut feeling? Do you think Josh Allen will play this week or will he not play this week? My gut tells me he doesn't, um, but that's basically all it is, is a gut feeling. I think he might sit a week or two just to nurse this thing because they can afford to. I mean, yeah. the Jets are kind of there and the Patriots are kind of there, but I think they want to play the long game. And uh, he didn't look good last week. Um, so I I would think a couple of uh, weeks of rest might be the thing. It's a 17-game season. It's long. So yeah. Um, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't expect him to play, but at the same time, I don't know if you're going this far with it, but, uh, I wouldn't downgrade digs too much. Uh, I think he's, I think he gets his no matter who's throwing the ball. Okay. Um, but, uh, I kind of like the, the Buffalo running backs now that the scrambling quarterback is out of the way. That's probably a wise decision. And I think Case Keenum probably has a little bit of a connection with Stefan Diggs already from the Minnesota days, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Yeah. So that that you're right there. It may not, but we are talking about Case Keenum instead of Josh Allen a little bit. And I also think about the cold weather coming up in Buffalo as well. So that may have something to do with it. And Rob, I think back to two games ago, not just not just last week against the Jets, but also against the Green Bay Packers. In the towards the end of the game, I was sitting there scratching my head, going, "That is the worst pass I've seen Josh Allen throw all year." 
and it was an interception, and then he followed it up with another interception. And I was going, well, and and you know, some some of us, some of us go, he's throwing the game, he's rigging it, you know, it's it's rigged. <laughs> uh, but now this injury comes out, and he, and I'm wondering if it didn't all the way go back, all the way back to that time. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, obviously, it's a, a UCL thing. It's a you know a nerve issue, so. Who, who knows really how long it could have been bothering him. I mean, I know it's a very, obviously a very common thing with pitchers. Um, kind of surprising in a way that we don't see it more with, with uh, quarterbacks considering they're throwing the ball, but obviously it has to do with the difference of mechanics. I'm sure. So um, yeah, it'll be, it, it really could go back further than what we, what we know. I really like the wide receivers in this game, Rob. I'm not necessarily particularly high on the running backs, Jonathan, a little bit here. Mm-hmm. And and it does make sense what you're saying with the Josh Allen out of there. But I think that the possible possibility for Minnesota to be playing from behind is there. So I really like both sides of these wide receivers because I don't I'm not impressed by either one of these secondaries, Rob. Am I wrong on that or, or am I feeling right? Um yeah, I I, I think so. Um I think I definitely think that the uh, the secondaries are 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 more of the way to attack this game, um, and the and going with the receivers. So, and obviously, like I mean, when you have a couple stud receivers like Stephon Diggs and and Justin Jefferson, <laughs> those those are kind of guys that uh, can get it done against any secondary. So, yeah, um, definitely baby bull booms there. I think a baby bull boom too might be a Dawson Knox in this game if it is a Case Keenum at quarterback. And the the main reason why is if I remember Case Keenum right, it's just a short shorter thrower, you know, just a, a kind of ball control kind of thing going on. And maybe Dawson Knox finds his game because we're always looking for tight ends in the baby bowl and we're trying to think of players that we could play to give us positive points and, and so forth and not give us a big old goose egg. Uh, so maybe my Dawson Knox, I've, I've been notorious for getting those goose eggs, so maybe I'm wrong there. But Dawson Knox seems like that kind of guy. I was really surprised by TJ Hawkinson's usage last week, uh, Jonathan, and mm. he, he was very very active, very involved. Nine targets, I think. Nine receptions. If I'm, if I'm, if I remember back to that time properly, it, it, what did you think about T.J. Hawkinson's first game in a Viking uniform? I was avoiding him all over the place, and he <laughs> pulled that. So look at all there. But uh, yeah, they've always been good about having the narrow tree. So uh, you know, it's Jefferson, it's Thielen, it's the tight end, a little bit of the running backs, and there's not much else to throw to there. So I. Fire him up, and we're all desperate for a tight end at some point, no matter what league you're in. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any more Baby Bowl booms out of this one, Rob, or a Baby Bowl bust somebody you may just may be completely avoiding out of this game? Um, no, I think we I think we hit it pretty good, actually. Um, Thielen maybe is a, more of a bust, even though we were talking about the, uh, the secondaries and, and attacking through the passing game. Just makes me nervous with uh, how heavily involved Hawkinson was right away. Um, so kind of makes me nervous for Thielen, uh, especially when Thielen's hasn't been a high volume guy, more of a red zone guy. So, um, yeah, he makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah. And I almost wonder if TJ Hawkinson wasn't more of a pickup because of maybe Adam Thielen's age a little bit more. Maybe he wasn't able to show things on the field as much. I know Irv Smith getting injured had a lot to do with that, but I also haven't seen the Adam Thielen numbers like we're used to used to getting. Maybe we finally have that negative regression. Is that what I'm uh, the touchdown negative regression by Adam Thielen? Hey, That's true. Next, 
that's what, so I was just wondering about that. Detroit at Chicago. Justin Fields lighting it up. This looks like a get right spot for anybody, right? Right? That's what you said about Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, Jonathan. But I, I can't I can only imagine what's gonna end up happening for the Chicago Bears a couple of weeks ago whenever they traded uh their linebacker. I said, Oh man, they're trading away all their defensive players. You know, they're big guys. They they sent away one defensive lineman to the Eagles, they sent away a linebacker, and I'm going, Well, they've mailed it in. They're no longer trying to win games defensively. I wonder if this is going to open up the offense a little bit. And sure enough, it did. Over the last couple of weeks, they've really cut Justin Fields loose. I'm expecting a big baby baby bowl boom game out of Justin Fields this week. And I wouldn't necessarily count Jared Goff out either this week, Jonathan. Which which quarterback do you prefer? I prefer Fields um, just for all the reasons that you said, basically. Um, It's funny because I I am – older like you said i'm 47 probably older than most of the players it seems like all 47 years the bears have been like horrible for fantasy like (laughs) yeah they're always playing like 20 to 10 games or something like that and whether they're winning or losing so it's kind of fun to watch them you know air it out a little bit and sell their defense and let them go and and quite frankly i'm a little concerned about goff um he's got the sun god and he's got you know, you know, we don't even know. I can't even remember the name of the tight end. And he's got a few receivers here and there. But, you know, he's kind of dependent on weapons. And I don't think he has them. You know, Chark is not there. They still haven't activated Jamison Williams. So I think the last couple of weeks we've seen him come back down to earth where he probably belongs. And uh, so, but I think Fields is, as they say, to the moon. So I'm, I'm on Fields. Okay. All right. I like that. Rob, who else do you see here outside of those quarterbacks uh, as a a baby bowl boom play or a bus play? Yeah, I definitely love, I love the fields call. Um, I, I, I am actually have them in currently. Uh, I mean, you know how I am. I'm changing my stuff all the time, so it might not be who I go with, but I definitely really love him this week. Um, In terms of other guys, uh, I do think that, uh, Jamal Williams is is a sneaky play. Uh, Swift still, mm-hmm. you know, isn't really fully healthy. Um, so he's he's uh, Jamal Williams is someone to consider. Um, Amara St. Brown, especially with uh, Hawkinson gone, he could get you know force fed targets. So I like him as well. Um, outside of that, I think David Montgomery is more of a baby bull bust he's 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 been getting a pretty good snap share but khalil herbert has kind of been looking better and better even though he's still i mean i think three of the past four weeks he's been under 30 percent snap rate still though um but but yeah monty even though in a great matchup i feel like it could be a little bit of a trap if they have uh herbert play a little bit more that's an interesting call there because I think the goal line carries will probably go to Justin Fields, just like we've always been concerned with uh, Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson stealing and vulturing those touchdowns from a running back. And a Khalil Herbert is more of the guy who can get it to you whenever Montgomery's on the sideline and he's getting the usage from the 30 or 40 yards away uh, approaching the line, uh, approaching the goal line. So Herbert might be able to break a big one off there and be able to take it in for a touchdown. So that's a, that's a good possibility. That's a good shot there. Man, he's 5,900 though on DraftKings, Rob. That's, that's, 
That's not very friendly shooter type. Craig Reynolds is on IR. That would have Cole Komet, by the way, if you don't put him in your baby bowl lineups, you're doing something wrong. So I think that that would be a baby bowl boom as well. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville at Kansas City, guys. We're moving on here, trying to get all these things in and under an hour. Jacksonville at Kansas City for us. This point totals at 51. That Bears point total, by the way, is 48 and a half. The Minnesota Buffalo game, 43 and a half. A snow might be in the forecast for that Minnesota-Buffalo game, guys. That's kind of weird to look at it, thinking the seasons are changing. But this Jacksonville-Kansas City game is at 51. Jonathan, I don't know that Patrick Mahomes has stopped throwing the football yet from last week. He has got to be a little bit tired. He, he took over the entire fourth quarter last week. I was going up against him in fantasy. The guy needed like 22 points going up against me, and he ended up getting it because, boy, fourth quarter, uh, that, that seemed to be uh, his time to shine there for Kansas City last week. Yeah, and uh, this could be a little bit of a letdown game. I don't know who they have next after that, but that, they expended a lot of energy to beat Tennessee, and now they've got Jacksonville coming in. And But uh, it's been frustrating uh, trying to bet on Chiefs this year. I, I think Mahomes said it himself in the preseason, like we're going to use everybody, and they kind of do. And the only one that you can really bank on week to week is him. Um you know, Edwards Alaire had some things going on. Now he's not playing as much in Checo, and you never know which wide receiver is going to get it. it. Could be Hardman, could be MVS, Juju. So this actually kind of screams to me like a game where where Kansas City wins and Mahomes does well, and he throws three touchdowns to Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, and that Watson guy, and we're all <laughs> left holding the bag, you know. But with the slate being so thin. I think you got to fire up as many Chiefs as you can find, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. And and for DFS purposes, Rob, I, I don't mind being a little contrarian with this game and maybe firing up the Jaguars a little bit more against this Kansas City team. And, Jonathan, I liked what you said about the – the Green Bay Packers defense just not being able to get off the field and those kind of things. I think Kansas City is one of those defenses that plays situational defense very, very well. These guys are going to be, I, I almost want to say, because especially of the Josh Allen injury, they're, they're my odds-on favorites. And I know that sounds easy to say with Kansas City, but they had a lot of holes in their uh, game early on in the year. But I really think that they're starting to straighten all that stuff out, Rob. Do you think that that Jacksonville Jaguar contrarian play on DFS stuff could be a good one or – no, you can you can tell me no, Rob. You hardly ever tell me no, even if I have a crazy <laughs> idea. No, I think it's I think it's definitely um, a good play. I like I like this game. Uh, it's got the highest uh, implied total, um, and Jacksonville, especially anyone that's considered a pass catcher, which include I mean includes ETN, even though he hasn't caught a lot of passes lately. Um, but he's uh, he's talented enough, and he's he should be using the pass game, especially if they get into negative game scripts. So. Um, yeah, I think, uh, any of those guys, um, could be in for, you know, an uptick in volume. So I, I like that a lot. Okay. All right. And I really think it could be an Evan Ingram game. And I know that sounds wacky, but every time I think that it's an Evan Ingram game, it's not. And every time I think it's not an Evan Ingram game, it is. So that's why I, 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 I'm going contrary. That's, that's, that's usually how it goes with Evan Ingram. It feels like it's, it's, he's, uh, whenever you think it's a game for him, it's not. And when it is, or when you, when you don't think it is, it is. And, and, uh, he's, he's been surprisingly good though this year. I mean, he was a top 10, um, tight end as recent as like last week. I think maybe this past week he, he had a, uh, clunker that kind of probably dropped him out of the top 10, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's been pretty involved though. 
if I think it's a if I think it's not an Evan Ingram week, and so that makes it an Evan Ingram week, isn't that thinking that it is an Evan Ingram week? <laughs> and that's like one of those conundrums, that's, man. That's getting, a conundrum. We're, we're getting deep here. We're getting deep on the on the baby ball podcast. Cleveland at Miami, a forty nine and a half point total for this one, Rob Norton. This is your guys, your Cleveland Browns, taking on the Miami Dolphins. I think Cleveland's on vacation right now in Miami is what they're doing. They're living the high <laughs> life on the beach, enjoying themselves a little bit here. We don't like any of I, I we uh, Pierre in particular does not like Amari Cooper whenever he's on the road. Do you think this is a baby bowl boom week for Amari Cooper? Or would this be a bust week? Do you see any of these Cleveland Browns having a baby bowl boom against these Miami Dolphins? See, it's funny. Uh, I actually like Amari Cooper in this one. Um, I understand the whole road, the road and home split kind of thing. Um, honestly, I, I mean, it, it's it's obviously goes back even to Dallas days, but part of me just thinks it's it's matchup based, and I'd rather I'd rather bank I'd rather bank on more of a matchup based in a, in a game environment rather than a home road split. But I mean, you, I guess you never know. But the last time I guess the last time uh, you know I had seen the last time he got shadowed by Xavier Howard, he tore him up, and Howard's been banged up. The Dolphins secondary has allowed the most points to wide receivers this year, so mm-hmm. I I definitely like the setup for him. Um, they're underdogs three and a half point underdogs they're probably going to be have to they're probably going to have to throw uh, a little bit more than more normal this week to to keep up with miami's offense so i i actually like the setup i actually featured uh amari cooper as one of my favorite um gpp tournament plays this week just because he, no one really thinks of him as or the browns and as as a pass team as a um as a high upside kind of passing offense but in this matchup um i think uh you know we've seen it in tournaments in DraftKings tournaments lately where uh the the dolphins stacks have really uh just taken off you know two at a tyreek and waddle mm-hmm. so playing playing some some p- pieces of that game including mari cooper i think um and correlating those plays uh, is a good way to to uh get some upside in tournaments Okay. Is there anybody, Jonathan, on the Miami Dolphins that you would not play this week? Would not. Well, (laughs) (laughs) um, I would say, well, I think we, like you mentioned earlier with the Jeff Wilson thing, that Mostert's kind of been uh, marginalized Mm -hmm. a little bit. I was impressed. I I mean, I know that he had a connection with McDaniel, but I was impressed he came right in and did what he did. And so I know he's got an injury history and what have you, but, uh, I think Mostert I would probably uh, stay away from. And I've never, other than maybe one year, I've never had any real luck or faith in Gesicki. Uh, <laughs> he could probably score a touchdown and do his little gritty thing, but he also could put up a <laughs> one for three and, you know, and be invisible. So, but, you know, in the baby ball and in DFS, you need upside. So, yeah. you know, that touchdown upside is always there. But really, it's hard to find a dolphin to not like because of Waddle so great, Hill so great, Tua by default makes you know is great, and the running backs are solid. So you know, I I guess I thought of Mostert and Gesicki to fade. Okay, all right, that's good. That's a good call. I like that, and I think you're right. Gesicki has been. 
uh, negatively impacted by the addition of a Waddle and a Hill, of course. But it's because I think that they can run those patterns that it really uh, it shows off to his strength, and that's that slant pattern each and every time. And Gasicki was going to be that slot receiver last year. Now he's just totally uh, you, uh, not being used at all in those roles anymore. All right, so moving on, Houston at the New York Jets, Rob. This game is interesting to me because I've got a lot of Damian Pierce years. Okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. Hmm. That's what it is. This game total, though, is sitting at 41 right now. It doesn't look like a huge spot for Damian Pierce to be able to run crazy. But is this a big boom game for Damian Pierce, or is it, or should we save him for a different week? I think it's perfectly fine to play him. Um, I think he's one of, when it comes to DraftKings, I think he's one of the best point per dollar running backs because his price is still pretty cheap, and there's not a whole lot of value running backs right now. So um, definitely on DraftKings. And, but in Baby Bowl, I mean, I think I have him still ranked in my top 10 this week at running back right around that, right around that range. So um, certainly viable, especially when obviously we're getting deeper into the season. So I'm sure a lot of the top 10 ranked guys have been used by a lot of people. So he's a, he's certainly a very, very viable for a baby boom. Okay. Well, that was an easy question. I got a tougher one for you. Saquon Barkley smash spot, right? Against the Houston at home, all those things coming off a bye week, all that stuff. And he's in a smash spot. Who, if I, so if I gave you Saquon Barkley for point total for this next Sunday, or if I gave you, let's say, uh, Wondell Robinson, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, Nico Collins, and Brandon Cooks, which out of, is it going to be, who's going to score higher, Saquon Barkley or those five guys combined, those five guys combined, five, five guys combined, woo, woo. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing that you you consider a Saquon here, but I'll go with the five guys. Just the odds. Just the odds. I'm gonna go with the five guys. All right. Well, I mean, you know, Brandon Cooks doesn't play. Kenny Galladay <laughs> doesn't play. Nico Collins. Yeah, you know. say. <laughs> so I don't know what or any. And I'll even throw in any tight end for the Giants. I don't know how the Giants are have a record <laughs> like they're gonna have. They look to be set up to go on a tremendous losing streak if they didn't play the Houston Texans this week. It it just looks like they don't have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Whenever I'm sitting there looking at him, uh, Jonathan, for you, is this a Daniel Jones game or not? Uh, it seems like the Houston Texans do not give up a lot of points to quarterbacks simply mm-hmm. because I think that everybody can run the ball on them. And so they don't mm-hmm. have to throw the ball. You know, that's I, I think I'm staying away from Daniel Jones this week. I, yeah, for a baby bowl, you know, in DFS, I probably wouldn't use them. I don't play a lot of DFS because it's illegal in my state. So I don't feel like driving over the border to play it. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I pay attention to it. The, the thing that I like about Jones is the rushing upside, which is a little surprising. Uh, but he's put up some pretty monster games just with his running. And if he completes a few passes, you know, I, I get I get that the Houston doesn't allow much to quarterbacks. Usually they're behind too. People are just running the ball. And uh but I actually, you know, I'm surprised. I hadn't looked at the over under surprise. It was only forty one. I think I'm taking the over on that one. Just because the defense is the Giants defense isn't that great either. So mm. I kinda like to go like I think this is kind of a sneaky fun game to watch okay. and like a sneaky shootout potential. So you know I'm not gonna you know, load up on stacks and stuff like that. But I, I throw Jones. I've, I know I'm starting them in a couple leagues, a couple super flex leagues. So I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. I can understand that. Speaking of not being afraid of it, I know you like it, Rob, because he runs. Okay. I know you. <laughs> uh, yeah. But but uh, the next one here, New Orleans at Pittsburgh. This is your team, Jonathan. And this yeah. has only a 40-point total. The New Orleans Saints is a t- are a team that I, I, I just have a tough time trying to figure out. You never know who's going to score. You don't even know if they're going to show up. seems like there's a quarterback controversy, even though Andy Dalton started, started at quarterback all the time. Taysom Hill's in there. Take his, it's just a crazy little team right here. This looks like a place coming off of a bye week. Pittsburgh got rid of Claypool. He might have had some bad blood in that locker room, right, because it, the draft pick and all those things. It, it seems like a fresh start. For the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, to me, Jonathan, when I look at it, I'm kind of looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers as being buy low candidates in redraft mm-hmm. leagues here before before you know the trade deadlines are passed or anything, and mm-hmm. and I also look at them for having a good upside for the rest of the season. Yeah, and uh, when well, this particular game, they get the benefit of having the week off and then playing the team that was playing on Monday night and then has to travel. So that that, that hardly seems fair, but that's the way it shakes out. But I think you're right. In terms of uh, a lot of buy low opportunities, uh, especially uh, Mike Tomlin has said that there's been some redundancy, so to speak, with Claypool and Fryermuth. Mm-hmm. So I've always been a Fryermuth fan. Um, they said he's going to get deeper. They said he's going to get more involved. Um, the only reason I think that nobody was talking about him this year is because everyone wants Kyle Pitts from the same draft class to hog all the attention, so to speak. So I've been low-key just pounding Fryerman fun things. And for the most part, it's worked. Um, as a fan of the Steelers, I'm not a fan of Kenny Pickett. And I know I shouldn't even say that. I'll probably get egged, yeah. no, you know, yeah, my house yeah, egged or whatever. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, too, the, uh, if T.J. Watt wasn't playing that over-under, it would be about 48 instead of 40. <laughs> I'm kidding, but not totally. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it. That, that, you, he's a Pittsburgh fan, Rob. He, he loves defense right there. Did you know you had a Pittsburgh fan on here, Rob? Yeah, I fi- I, I thought I thought so. Um, I figured he was, but um, yeah, the, but yeah, I got to change my Twitter profile picture because it's my son wearing a Claypool jersey, and he's all upset about uh, the trade. So yeah, I got to change the pick. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, when you look at this game, do you see any baby bowl booms out of here for either side of the offense? I thought maybe like like last week, I, I thought it would be an Andy Dalton week because they had a good matchup. I like Alave going against that Pittsburgh defense this week, but I'm just not. I I, I wish I could get more excited about this game from a baby bowl perspective. Yeah, I don't necessarily love this game, but I do I do like um, the the passing offenses um a little bit of both i like kamara too um kamara any i mean really any week for kamara um but especially you know with andy dalton and with michael thomas you know confirmed gonna be out now obviously uh that should help his target share i do like deontay johnson a bit as well um I just think that, like, he's. I think he. I, I saw a stat today, something about. I think he has the most targets, either targets and or receptions mm-hmm. or something this year without without a touchdown. He's basically become. Um, he's turned into Jacoby Myers this year. So, um, I mean, that's got to correct a little bit at some point. Um, so, so I like I like Deontay Johnson in this in this matchup and. Uh, um, yeah, even even George Pickens a little bit in Fryermuth. So um, I, I I'm not huge on Najee. Um, I'm nervous a little bit about like you know there's a lot of smoke about the 
about how Jalen Warren, yeah, Jalen Warren's going to get maybe some more touches, get more involved. So I'd probably steer clear just for the uncertainty in Baby Bowl, um, play some other guys and, and see what happens with that, how that shakes out if you haven't used Najee yet. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I kind of like the passing sides of it. Okay. All right. I can understand why you like that. I like your Pat Firemuth call on that too. I, I, I did. I, not that I forgot about Pat Fryermuth, but it's, you know, I just I wasn't thinking that hard about him. Uh, but I do like the situation that he's in now, especially going against that New Orleans Saint defense that seems to be banged up a little bit more coming off that Monday night game. Denver at the uh, the Tennessee Titans, the Denver Broncos at the Tennessee Titans. This game is only at thirty eight points, guys. Thirty eight points. Woo! This one, <laughs> I don't know that there's any baby bowl booms out of here. I've noticed that uh, for Tennessee anyway, Derrick Henry hasn't been practicing all week long. I don't, I don't think that that is a big injury concern. I think that they're just trying to give him rest. He did play on Sunday night. That game seemed to last forever, and they tried to force feed him all those carries. I'm more wondering about Ryan Tannehill. I think Tannehill's a must play. If not that Denver Bronco defense, I would love to be able to play that Denver Bronco defense, Rob, in a baby bowl this week, but I can't do that. I can't do that. But uh, I, I don't see any like baby bowl people here in this room at all in the Denver versus Tennessee game, Rob. Yeah, it's not, not too enticing of a matchup. Obviously, as you mentioned, super low uh, combined total, two teams that haven't looked great so far this year. Um, I do think Judy and Sutton are viable uh, against, uh, against the Titans secondary that hasn't looked good. Um, I don't necessarily, I mean, I wish I liked it more. <laughs> um, I think it's like, a, I think it's a great matchup. It's just that Russ has been really rough. So um, yeah, I mean, I think Dulcich is an interesting one as well. He's been really, really good since coming back three straight games, a double digit points. And I mean, that's his only three games he's played and the route participation is good. Target share is good. Snap share is good. Everything looks really good uh, for him right now. Um, so I, I could see him being fairly popular actually considering the state of the tight end position. Um, so he, he's probably for baby bowl purposes and, and DraftKings purposes. Uh, Dulcich is probably my favorite piece of this game aside from obviously henry if he you know goes but if if, jonathan for baby bowl busts in in this game (laughs) the tennessee titans are one of those teams and and mike variables from you know the new england patriot coaching tree and all that so they're going to try to take away the best player from the opposing Mm -hmm. offense who is that best player on the (laughs) offense for the denver broncos Theoretically, it shouldn't be anybody. Um, (laughs) Sutton and Judy are both talented and do different things, you know, as wide receivers. Um, So I, my personal opinion is that Sutton is the guy to take away. But uh, I actually think that Denver, as bad as they've looked and as we've seen a lot of them because they get all those island games. I think they're close. I think they're close to like putting something together and maybe even with this bye week and they might be some bi candidates too. Um, but in this particular week for a baby bowl or a DFS, I probably am not using anybody because I imagine they're still expensive on DFS, even though they haven't done anything. Um, the running game is kind of, yeah, whatever. And Chase Edmonds is kind of, yeah, whatever. And um, so, um, but I think, not so much this week, but going forward, I might uh, be getting into the Broncos a little bit more. Okay. We'll see. All right. 
I like that. Hey, we're at the halfway point here. Just about four or five more games to go here on this preview show of the Baby Bowl week number 10 going on here. Uh, of course, this is Rob Norton's Baby Bowl, and he is the daddy of the Baby Bowl. You can find him over on Twitter at Norton0723. You can find me on Twitter at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. And you can follow last week's champion at Zing Rush over on Twitter at Zing Rush. Jonathan Chriswell. Did I said it right that mm-hmm. time? Chriswell? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jonathan, I got to ask you a question. I'd like to ask this question to people who I haven't talked to yet. How did you find out about the Bay Bowl? What got you excited about the Bay Bowl, and how did you get actively involved? I I did it last year, last, uh, you know, like August in the run-up to the 2021 season. Uh, I was just kind of searching on Twitter. I was looking for not so much a big volume of leagues, but just different formats. And uh, I like the one-and-done format. So... Um, I just had to try it and see see what it was like, and uh, mm-hmm. um, I it uh, I did fairly well last year. I never like won, but I was so I was in the top ten a few times, but never got the top one. And then I didn't even realize there was a playoff version, so I'll be playing the playoff version this year. But uh, it was mostly just scouring Twitter looking for things that are more than just your basic league. Okay. All right. That's, that's a good answer. I like that. Uh, make sure if you got any questions about redraft, you can always ask Rob Norton. You can ask me too, but you just may not like my answers as much as you like Rob Norton's answers. <laughs> when it's all said and done, you might like my answers right at the start because I get real emotional and I get tied up into things, but that doesn't mean that they're always going to work out well by, by the time the season's over. So you might like Rob Norton's a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, that's cool to hear that you're going to be a part of the Baby Bowl playoffs edition coming up. And that's what this is all about, Rob. It really seems like as far as the grassroots growth goes, all right, grassroots growth, that's tough to say, but I did it. <laughs> and and uh, it's it seems to be that this Babe Bowl just keeps growing each and every time. And I want to say it's because of the people who participate in it. And maybe we have to do a better job of getting that Babe Bowl playoff picture out there into the into the stratosphere, into the Twitter sphere or whatever, uh, to be able to get people's name, uh, to, for the people to be able to see that more on Twitter. As like, like Jonathan said, he didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, but yeah. Don't yeah. blame don't blame Rob for that. I, I just missed some. I kind of signed off Twitter for a little bit at the end of the season because I was oh, like, yeah. on twi- Twitter overload, so <laughs> I missed a <laughs> bunch of messages. So, but I know about it this year, so I'll be doing it. No, no, I, I put that. I, I accepted that bullet too. Nah, I didn't put that off on Rob. Rob's got a pretty big, heavy plate going on right now, so I'll say we didn't. I, I put we on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's it's always something that for me, I'm trying to like figure out more and more efficient ways, better ways to get it out there and get it, get it, uh, you know, grow it each year. And, uh, um, so yeah, hopefully we can keep uh, growing each year. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we need to get, uh, a bull, a blue check mark and that's how it'll grow. If not, it'll <laughs> be stuck down at the bottom of the algorithms and everything. Indianapolis at Las Vegas guys. This one is weird. All right. It's a weird game. <laughs> They're not even going to have the the votes counted and tabulated in Las Vegas when this game is going on. They got to wait till Monday to get that done. I think is what they finally said. So Indianapolis and Las Vegas, this game total is at forty and a half right now. I, I, Jonathan, I've never seen anything like this as far as a coaching change mid year. And you've said you've been watching football for a long time. I will try to go back in the recesses of my mm-hmm. mind trying to think about getting a a commentator. Uh, to come and do this, I, I I've never seen that before. Have you? 
Not in football. Uh, I've seen it in baseball a couple times yeah. where they come okay. out of the booth and manage the team. But in football, I've never heard of this. And it's a shame, too, because this sounds like the Raiders are just the team I love to pile on against, you know, with the <laughs> players that are. And now I can't because I've got Jeff Saturday at quarterback or something. You know, I don't even know what what's <laughs> going on. I don't know who the quarterback is. I guess it's Ellinger, who is awful. And I've, I've heard Matt Ryan is practicing again this week. So I don't I don't hmm, I don't know. Okay. That might that might up the viability of the Colts a little bit. Um, it seems hard to say or believe, but I actually think Jonathan Taylor is sneaky this week. Like, I mean, okay. the first overall pick or second shouldn't be sneaky, but uh, if they if he if Saturday waves his magic wand and things go right, I mean, I always take advantage of going against the Raiders if I can. Okay. Just All right. yeah. Right. It was, uh, from for from your perspective, Robert, you know, I know you're a big DFS guy and everything, and I know you like the Bay Bowl as well. Do you see anybody out of here that you just have to absolutely play, or or how's that going for you right now? Yeah, so there's no, no one necessarily that I feel like I would have to absolutely play. Um, I do agree with Jonathan about the um, about Jonathan Taylor being like sneaky which which is not something you'd expect to say heading into the year with Jonathan Taylor but the thing is obviously he's coming back from injury um especially on on DraftKings like obviously his price keeps dropping so should he play um he obviously he, they if they determine he's healthy, healthy enough to play I'm expecting that he's going to get his full workload and probably a lot of people are going to shy away just the uncertainty so he's a a guy that if he plays i'll probably play a lot of them in in tournament play uh, just knowing the upside but yeah I, I think he's fine i mean i probably wouldn't go there um in baby bowl just you know i like i like to play it a little bit safer sometimes in baby bowl would get the more of a certainty with volume um but it, a guy i think could be interesting would be mac hollins um just because they put, you know, they put uh, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are both on IR today. So, yeah. um, you know, he's probably gonna, he's almost certainly gonna jump into a full time role. I mean, he was already playing kind of more of a full time role, but he was um, kind of be more used as a blocker a little bit. And I just think he's he's gonna have a much bigger bigger role in the passing game. We saw it earlier in the year, um, uh, and so. He uh, he's definitely someone that's interesting, like lower end kind of guy to consider. Yeah, I thought about that too, especially if there's a Matt Ryan in there, because it does feel like there's more scoring opportunities, and that Indianapolis Colts secondary is a pretty good one. You know that defense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. They'll probably be a little bit more fired up because Jeff Saturday will be in there, and he's a legend there. I would suspect that you know Peyton Manning's going to be in the house and everything like that for this Sunday game. So there's going to be a lot of buzz going on. You know, so I, I, I could see that and I could see Matt Collins, though, maybe beneficiary being a beneficiary of all that excitement that's there. Also, a Foster Morrow, did I say his name right? Morrow uh, is somebody who can see a lot of targets week in and week out, especially since Darren Waller's been out. He even had a nine target game a couple of weeks ago, Rob. So I, I, I like what you're cooking there, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, Foss Moreau, yeah. He's it's funny because Foss Moreau's always been like the that handcuff tight end that there's really not too many of. Um and he hasn't been as as good this year as he was a few years back when Waller missed time. Um, but he's definitely an interesting one as well. 
Jonathan, they're hyping this game up like crazy over there on Fox. Dallas at Green Bay, a return <laughs> to the past. You know, I saw those commercials over and over again. I'm going, all right. Yeah, you're, this isn't the same kind of Green Bay Packer team that we are all expecting. But if it's a Sunday afternoon game on Fox and it's a nationally televised game, I, I want to say Dallas is going to cruise in this game. But because of those other things that I just said, I think that Green Bay is going to somehow, some way, figure out a way to keep it a little bit closer this Sunday afternoon. Am I wrong in thinking that? This point total is at 43, by the way. The it's funny you say that because when I was looking at that game, I thought the exact same thing, like almost literally word for word. Like in theory, if you just looked at the teams and didn't know who they were, you'd say Dallas would just crush them. But I, I could see Green Bay pulling this out. I, gosh, I could see Green Bay winning any given week because of Aaron Rodgers. And I'm, I'm getting kind of tired of uh, being wrong about that. Um, I, I, he just can't overcome his lack of weapons. So I do think it'll be kind of a low scoring kind of grudge match and uh, Green Bay keeping it close uh, by, you know, playing a slow offense. And like I said, not getting off the field on defense. And so I'm not real thrilled with the options in this game. And in fact, I'm, I know I'm not going to use any of these players in the baby bowl. Um, only use them in the redraft leagues where I have to. And basically, even though it'll be kind of a fun game and kind of an interesting game, I'm not investing much in it at all. Okay. Uh, I, I know why you'd be hesitant in doing so. But, Rob, are you interested in using a Tony Pollard this week just simply because, you know, Zeke Elliott's coming off an injury? I know what – his uh, owner is saying right now over there in the Dallas Cowboys locker room, but it doesn't mean a lot to me. I, I still could think that Tony Pollard has a, is in a great spot again for baseball purposes if we had to use him. Yeah, he's interesting. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd be a little nervous to use him if Zeke is back. Um, I, I kind of think, though, from what it sounded like, I, a lot of people have been saying they don't, they don't think Zeke's, Zeke's going to end up giving it a go in this one. So um, definitely if, if Zeke is out, then Pollard for sure is a guy you should fire up because um, you don't know when you're going to get that, that role again for him. But if, if Zeke is back, Pollard is, uh, he's still interesting because he's got that guy that can be explosive any given play. And he's still going to get probably cl- right around 10 touches or opportunities in that, in that range. Um, it just makes it a little bit more of a dice roll if, if Zeke is back. Yeah, I, I, this is a tough game for me, Rob. When I look at this and I try to think of baby bowl booms or busts because we know all the big names that are there. But at the same time, these both of these defenses, in my eyes, seem to be a little bit more stingy than what I like to pick on from a baby bowl perspective. So I, I'm, I'm kind of staying away from this game, too. I'm staying away from a lot of these games this week, Rob. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it makes sense too. I mean even even Vegas obviously only has it at a forty three point total, so they're they're kind of not expecting it to be a shootout that you'd normally expect when you hear you know Packers Cowboys Rodgers Dak like you you're gonna think that that's gonna be one of the higher scoring games, but yeah, it's it's still pretty low. A lot of those games are like that. Even this next one this week, it just seemed like low point totals on games you would expect to be a little bit higher. If I were to tell you Arizona is playing at Los Angeles and the Rams and the game total is only at 40 and a half, you'd be wanting to smash the over all the time in that one, Jonathan, all the time. Mm -hmm. 
But then you think about the Los Angeles Rams defense this, or offense this year, and you're like, nope, nope, don't want to do that because I don't know if they <laughs> who's going to catch the ball. And Cooper Cup's yeah. injured. Stafford's just not it's not not in sync with everybody else. And then you think about the Arizona side of things going against the Los Angeles Rams defense. That forty and a half kind of seems right, Jonathan. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this game scares me too. I, I, uh, I, have we heard anything about the concussion for Stafford? Because that's just a disaster. Yeah, as, as bad as Stafford's been, he's still better than the alternatives. But if that happens, good Lord. Um, uh, I guess on Arizona, I would take a few of the Arizona guys like DeAndre or a, I guess Connor. I'm not a big Connor fan, even though he played for the Steelers. Um, Kyler's still like a upper upper 12, upper 6 quarterback, even though I don't remember him doing anything this year um, <laughs> per se, but he's still up there. So I think I'd kind of hit the Cardinals a little bit, but again, like baby bowl and DFS, probably not. Okay, and Rob, this is contrarian to everything you usually like to do because it is a baby bowl boom game for you because it's in a dome, a running quarterback, you know, all those kind of things, all those narratives you like to paint. But is this one one of those games that you think that could go over its point total and is a sneaky play? Or are you like, ah, I'm wishy-washy on this game too? It definitely makes me nervous because, you know, it is such a low total, which I wouldn't expect it to be. But like you said, I mean, I like everything other 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 than the point totals. Really, I like everything about it because, like you said, in a dome, uh, fast-paced teams, uh, Arizona's defense, like they've been okay, but they're 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 not like a, a shutdown unit, and they they like I said, they're a fast-paced. They play fast-paced, which means more plays. Um, Obviously, if if Stafford does get ruled out in this one, I mean their their total I'm assuming is going to drop more unless this is taking into account that uncertainty. Um, but I mean, as it sits right now, if Stafford was to go, I would I would think this would would go over. Um, but but yeah, it's it's uh it's it's interesting because Vegas usually knows pretty well. They usually set these numbers pretty at pretty good pretty uh good spots for them them to make money. So. Um, going over on it feels 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 a little risky. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of players. I mean, outside the Hopkins, outside of the Urge, just not a lot of players. But people that you might want to play this week before, and, and uh, Rondell Moore as well. Before, uh, what's his name? Brown comes back. He's not back this week, is he? No, Hollywood. You're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's no, coming soon. Yeah. it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. It yeah, could be I'd a couple already... weeks. I think. Okay, I've already moved on to the Los Angeles game, so that's why I didn't pull it back up. I was afraid I'd lose everything. if I if, uh, oh, Los Angeles Chargers versus the San Francisco 49ers. That game total is 45 and a half right now. And whenever I look at this game over here, I, I, CMC is the guy you got to play. If you, I was completely wrong on it, Jonathan, wondering whether or not maybe his ceiling would be capped a little bit by coming over from – uh, the Carolina Panthers over to the San Francisco 49ers. I didn't know how, what his usage would be like. And maybe we haven't had a great feel for that yet because I think Debo has been kind of banged up since CMC's been there. But, boy, his ceiling looks to the moon, like you said a little bit earlier, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, I actually like the trade for McCaffrey. I just think Carolina is just horrific. And even he's been, they've been horrific for a while, and he's put up some numbers, but uh, just the uh, insane number of targets he was getting in a couple of years ago wasn't 
going to happen. So I'm glad he, he got traded and I'm with you. Like I, I was a little afraid that Shanahan might over Shanahan things and write, you know, put the other running backs in there when they didn't, when he didn't have to, but I don't think, I don't think that's a, uh, a concern. And so I'm, I'm all in on Christian McCaffrey and I'm already used him in baby ball because I figured he would probably get hurt and uh, (laughs) didn't, didn't max that one out too good. Yeah. We got to watch the injury reports too on this one, Rob, because I do think that like Jonathan did last week, if you didn't use Palmer yet and Williams and Keenan Allen are both out again this week, it might be another opportunity for you to use them. I know that's a San Francisco 49er defense that we're used to uh, being a little bit scared of, but that's not the case this year. I don't believe. Right. Yeah. There, there haven't been quite as good. Um, and yeah, ultimately if, if, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are out. Uh, you got to use Palmer in that kind of situation while you can. And even a Carter, maybe. He's a, he's he would be a sneaky one. That's that's for sure. Well, it's, that's your nice way of saying no. Is what that is, Rob. A <laughs> sneaky one. I, I I will I will say for for uh, DraftKings, uh, I don't I don't mind it. He's pretty cheap, so he's one of the best cheap options down there. Um, but. Baby ball, it might be a little bit too far down for me to me to go at this point. A little too sneaky. I like that. Well, Washington <laughs> at Philadelphia. That's our last game on the board here, fellas. And we're looking at this one being a 44-point total. To me, Jonathan, Philadelphia, wow. You know, that's <laughs> what I say whenever I watch that team. I, I, I look for weaknesses on that team, and I don't find very many of them. I, I would say maybe one of the flaws is they don't utilize their running backs as much but they still got a bunch of running backs back there. They can utilize if they wanted to, you know? So I I don't know where the flaw is uh, in this Philadelphia Eagle team. Yeah. It's, it's hard to find one. And uh, it's a shame because they do kind of run a lot, which is good for them, but not great for those of us that are a little heavy on Devontae Smith, for example. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's hard to find any flaws with them and and i was one of those people that kind of doubted hurts and i've been taking l's on that for two years now so um the the running backs are good for real life and for fantasy like just it's almost like whoever happens to be on the field at the time is the one that scores the touchdown and so it's a little a little wishy-washy there but uh yeah it's if you have eagles just go with them, I guess, yeah. you know, and I've been doing it, been doing it with Devonte Smith with mixed results so far this year. Yeah, no, and that's that he is the, he is the one guy you can't really figure out. I think Jalen gets him involved every so often, but man, he's having a lot of fun with AJ Brown there right now, Norton, uh, by throwing the ball to him and AJ Brown looks to fit in with that group just perfectly. Yeah. AJ Brown's been, been awesome. Um, he's been, I mean, obviously he's been awesome his whole, career but uh yeah it's 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 awesome to see him in this offense it's funny with Devonte smith i had heard um some recent comps people saying that Devonte smith is basically uh philly's gabe davis at this point <laughs> and it, it kind of makes sense um you know the boom games and you never know when to play him it seems like when you play him he gets four points and then you know you get four points four points then 35 and it's like you never know what's going to go on. And and I think that's how it goes though, with those kind of guys and like Devonte Smith, especially because obviously you've got Goddard, you've got AJ Brown hurts is a running quarterback. So the passing volume 
isn't quite necessarily as much. I mean, he's obviously been awesome as a passer too, but just pure volume wise, um, it's hard to get all of them to go off. And then obviously Miles Sanders too, but, but yeah, overall, I mean, obviously like Jonathan said, you it's a, it's a team that's just so good. You just want to play all of them. Um, and, uh, more often than not, it's going to work out. It seems like. Yeah, and I, I'm not real positive who I'd play from the Washington side, Rob, in DFS or anything. I want to say Gibson, but going against that Philadelphia Eagle defense, I'm not I'm not positive on that one either. And a gut instinct would tell me to play Brian Robinson just because they're creating the narrative of his name being brought up in that whatever the, 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 the lawsuit is or whatever it is going on. So I would want to say that they would want him to be able to get in the end zone, but I just don't know that it – Washington could do anything against the Philadelphia Eagle defense, Rob. Yeah, that's that's going to be tough. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really love much of any of the plays there, really. Um, in Baby Bowl, I'd probably try to avoid everyone, but um, obviously sometimes you you can't help it. I mean, but but yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Okay, so that's a no. See, yeah, Rob, <laughs> I'm telling you, you have an issue with telling people no. Or, or just I do. No, I I'm do. not going to do it. It's tough. It's sneaky. Those are all sneaky little plays there for Washington. <laughs> what that is. <laughs> hey, good job, Rob Norton, on this Week 10 preview of shows and, and everything that's going on. Add Norton0723 over on Twitter. Jonathan, Chris Wall, you did a fantastic job. I, I appreciate uh, you coming down to the show as well and getting to know myself and Rob. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And let me know if I'm the worst ever champion. I'd love to know that. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna have to be looking that up. I want to. I, I want to know for myself what's uh, what's uh, who who has that uh, crown. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> At Zing Rush over on Twitter, make sure you follow him and and follow up with him and make sure he changes his son's uh, Twitter handle or his, twi- his picture about in that Clay- Claypool jersey. So that make sure you do that. <laughs> hey, don't forget to follow us at FI today with a little underscore there. You can follow me as well at Loafing It. Make sure you like, you subscribe. Make sure you you do leave a comment on the whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on. Make sure you're telling everybody about the Baseball Playoff, which is going to be a pinned tweet very very shortly over there on Rob Norton's Twitter handle. And more important than all those other actions fit fam we want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today